Welcome to the Ready to Thrive podcast. My name is Jacqueline, and I don't know if you've ever felt like you are just surviving your life. I know I have, and that's why I created this space. I want to help you move from surviving to thriving. My goal is to help you get unstuck and actually enjoy your life. Each week, I'll be sharing practical tips and always point you to Jesus. So what are you waiting for? Let's get ready to thrive. Hello and welcome to Ready to Thrive. I am here with my friend, Noelle Rhodes. And I want to tell you a funny story. I actually almost met Noelle last November. Uh, We were both at a conference in Nashville (laughs) uh, called Blistum. And we were, there was a group of people heading somewhere for lunch. We had a lunch break. And I saw through this Facebook thread, this woman named Noelle was coming. I was so excited because I have a Noelle, my three-year-old, is Noelle and I was scanning the crowd and I didn't see, I guess, um, her lunch plans changed. And so I was super bummed. I didn't actually meet Noelle. But then months later, we did get the chance to connect through a writing community we're part of. And so you know what? Sometimes like those those relationships are just meant to happen. I and agree. so we are here to talk about adult female friendship. And I'm going to have Noelle introduce herself just a little bit. Let me know who you are, where you live in this world and all those fun things. Well, thank you for having me. This is always, it's always fun to be the pod guest because Mm -hmm. I usually am the podcast host and I host a podcast about female friendship called Friending. And uh, so this is a real treat for me. But I am a Jersey girl through and through, born and bred in New Jersey. I am a mom of two preteens. So yes, say a prayer for me. And uh, I love Jesus. And I've been in ministry for, oh, I guess 18 years. feels really terrible to say that because it makes me feel old, but it's a privilege. And this is my passion is just to talk about why we need to intentionally cultivate healthy female friendship because it doesn't just happen like the television shows tell us it does. It takes a little bit of work. And for a lot of us, we didn't realize that. Nobody said that female friendship could be tricky as an adult. So my passion is just to help women be able to cultivate healthy, deep, meaningful, and life-giving friendship with each other. And I think that's just the way we're designed to be. So that's who I am. I love it. Now, I want to know what what kind of inspired you to, um, on your Instagram, it says that you are a female friendship researcher and speaker. Yeah. So what yeah. kind of inspired you to dive into this world of adult female friendship? Yes. Well, it started with being terribly lonely. And the story is I... For many years, my husband and I lived in Northern Ireland as missionaries with our two kids, and we loved it, and we had friends there, and it was awesome. Well, let, me, let me roll back up a little bit. When we first got there, we had no friends, which was a heartache, but then we eventually developed a community of friends that was just a really fun group of people that thought the way we thought and uh, were sarc- sarcastic like we were, so it was perfect, and then we came home to the States. And I assumed that I was going to be returning to all my old friendships. 
But, you know, these wonderful women had moved on. Some of them had literally moved out of my state. And so it was almost like I had to start over. I didn't expect that. And I remember one day I was I was about to leave to go have coffee with a friend, like to kind of catch up, an old friend. And about 10 minutes before we, I left to go, she texted me to cancel because something had come up. And it just broke me. Now, I know that sounds ridiculous, but it was like I couldn't – I just couldn't seem to make friends or reconnect with old friends. And then when I got this, like, you know, cancellation, it, it was like a dagger in my soul. It was like, you know, it really highlighted how lonely I was. And I remember I was crying. I mean, like, like hysterically crying. You know when you're like, you know, ugly, audible, this woman has lost her mind crying – that was what I was doing. And my husband walked in and I was on our bed and I'm like weeping. And he, he was like, who died? Like what happened? And I just started crying and saying, I have no friends. And I remember he said, that's not true. I'm your friend. And I was like, no, nah, that's not the same thing. And I remember just, just literally like crying him out of the room. And at that moment, I decided to do the most spiritual thing I could think of doing. And I just Googled, how do you make friends in your mid-30s? And thus began my researching journey. And what happened was a few months later, I was like, I was like doing like a deep dive into this, how do you make friends when you're in your 30s, that I was telling an old friend I had kind of caught up with that this is what I was doing. And she said, you should do a podcast show about this. And I thought, that sounds fun. And so that's what I've been doing is I've just been researching and talking about what I'm learning and what I've experienced. And, you know, I'm a person who loves Jesus. So I, you know, bring in that sometimes of how this connects the gospel and how we're created in the image of God. Uh, and I love it because I do think that a lot of us feel lonely and we think there's something wrong with us. But actually, this is just something that everybody goes through. But we don't have to stay lonely. In fact, we shouldn't stay lonely. We need to make connection because we are created with these relational souls. So it's it's been a real privilege to be able to talk about this and learn about this. And I love it. Just love wow. it. Well, I know that we we connected. Um, we were trying to remember exactly when it was. I think it was in March um, because I was on your show. And yes. ever since then, and as I've been following your show, um, on Instagram, I, I have to also sidebar say you do the best graphics for your show. So everybody <laughs> needs to just follow the friending podcast because I love you have these quotes about friendship and I'm like, yes, that's so true. So um, thank you. But I've really been thinking about friendship a lot, especially in this COVID season where, um, you know, d even if you are not living on your own, which I know can be the case for a lot of um, my listeners, um, right. but even if you're with your family, you can still, or surrounded by lots of people, you can still be so lonely. And so I just appreciate how you shared that story because my guess is that probably everybody listening has a similar story, like a moment where you've, you've had something happen that's almost triggered that awareness of how lonely you felt. And totally. I, as you were talking, I was thinking about a moment where, um, when I married my husband, I moved from one city to another city and we were actually a, 
I actually moved from an island to the mainland. And so it physically wasn't really possible just to go see my friends. And, um, I was very busy with my husband in his, um, ministry and I was volunteering. And so we were so busy hanging out with high school kids that I didn't have time to be lonely, but the odd time I remember Friday night, if I wasn't going to hang out with teenagers, I would, I'd be like, great, I have a free night. And that's when it would hit me where I'd go, but I have no one to hang out with. And it would, it would go from this free night joy to like sorrow. And I've had Mm -hmm. those moments where I was like bawling. I have no friends. And so I love that you took that moment to go, okay, what can we, what can we do about this? And I, and I was thinking too, as well about the mom who her life is very busy with her, her young kids. And so you're busy and you're busy, you're busy. And then you do have that moment where you're like, okay, I'm going to have a night. Oh, who do I connect with? Right? Like we can get busy in these seasons without cultivating friendship. And that's kind of what I want to talk about here as well as this idea of what does it look like to begin to actually cultivate friendships? Because if you are listening and you are like, yes, that's me. I feel so lonely. This, especially being through this COVID season, I've, I haven't been able to connect with women who I would naturally see in my life, right? Some of those friendships may have changed. Um, so what does it look like to cultivate friendship and what, what have you found that seems to work? Well, practically, I think what you said something that's really important is that we're busy. And I think busyness sort of quietly suffocates friendships every day. And the thing about friendship is that it has to be cultivated. So, you know, that social spark when you meet somebody, like I met you and we connected through called creatives and we chatted. It was like, ooh, I like, I, I like this person. We have a spark, you know, maybe we'll be friends. That's organic. But the actual friendship has to come from being intentional and intentionally connecting. And that really actually requires time. And that's really difficult to do if you're busy. I, I always think about when we're in kindergarten. In kindergarten, it's easy to find your best friend because you every day are probably sitting next to her. You both like to eat glue. You both are going to recess. You're both doing the same things every moment. That's why a lot of people find uh, friendship in college because they're living with these people and doing life with these people. And then they leave college and it's the real world and they don't, you know, whoa, whoa, where's my, where's my people? And I think that consistency really is the secret. If you're consistently connecting with this person, that means that you're going to get to know them and they will get to know you. And then trust will be the fruit of that. And where there's trust, there's intimacy. So I think when you're busy, it's tough because how do you consistently connect if your calendar is so full that you're trying to find pockets of time? So for me, it really is about carving out the time to invest in your friendships, which is so hard to do, especially well, especially during COVID. But, but even when it's not COVID, if you are a mom of kids, it's, it's hard enough to get past carving out time for yourself to exercise, let alone to go have lunch with a friend. So I think that if you're able to see as a priority, as important as exercising and take care of, taking care of yourself, then you will kind of get rid of that guilt. You know, for me, because I, I love Jesus, I know that we're designed 
to relationally connect. I mean, we were made in the image of God. He is, you know, eternal community, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So we're made to, to relationally connect when we're not, when we don't have those friends. That's why we feel pain. That's why the loneliness doesn't feel good. That's why it makes us question our value and who we are. So it's so important, even to our calling, to be connecting with people. So we have to make sure that our calendar is reflecting that priority, but it's not easy. So I do want to acknowledge that. The second thing is you just have to kind of, you know, initiate, which is also really hard. Everybody wants to be invited. Everybody wants to be on the list. And it can be very vulnerable to organize something and invite people because what if they don't show up? I mean, that's a big risk. And so you do have to do a little bit of initiating and taking the time to invite people, putting yourself out there. But I will say nine times out of 10, there's somebody just as lonely as you who is thrilled to get an invitation. Rarely do no one show up. At least it, the, the people I've coached and talked to, it's scary, but usually at least one person comes and there's the beginning of continually connecting. So I think it really has to do with with time and then also putting your heart out there and saying, hey, I'm I'm here for friendship. I I want to connect. I want to go deeper. And that takes vulnerability. So it's it's not the easy stuff, unfortunately. And when we look at television, like I don't know if you grew up on Friends or um, a Sex in the City is another one. Like you look at these friendships and they're so like deep and they're so there for each other and they're in each other's apartments all the time. And you're like, shouldn't it, shouldn't female friendship be this easy? But that's not real life. We're only getting you know a thirty minute to forty minute. A snapshot of somebody's, you know, character story. It's not real life. And so I think when we compare ourselves to what we've grown up watching, we can feel like something's wrong with us. But real life is making friendship the priority and then taking the steps to be vulnerable and opening yourself up to possibly being rejected and hurt, uh, which is sort of what happens anytime you get close to people. Yeah, that's very true. I think you just shared so much there, both in the, um, we, we actually need to risk in so many ways to build friendship. And so we're risking when we're the inviter. Um, we're also risking even to receive a, an invitation. There's sometimes where I'll be invited to something and I'm like, I, I feel a bit nervous. And I think sometimes we, we can give into that nervousness and then find easy excuses. And and I think sometimes busy moms will use their kids as an excuse of why they can't go out and do something that feels like, like I went on a dinner, um, sometime a few months ago that was just a bunch of moms from the school. And I think I knew two people and I was like, this is probably going to be a little uncomfortable, a little awkward, but I, I wanted to risk. And it was like, there was a few times where I was like, I can't, the restaurant's so loud. I can't even hear people's names. What do I talk about? Whose kid are they? Like, it, you know, but I thought I just need to, I need to be willing to kind of step into some of that uncomfortability because I do want yeah. to deepen friendships. And then even within those friendships, what does it look like to risk in that vulnerability? Um, and that does create that intimacy and trust. Um, but I love that you brought up how, um, 
you know, we have to have realistic expectations. Like it, it isn't realistic to imagine um, life is going to be totally woven in and everything is going to be perfect. Right. Um, and I know I actually had that for a season where one of my friends was, um, I think she had moved and her laundry wasn't set up or something. So she had to come over to my house and another friend across the street and she was doing laundry at both houses. And I think she watched my kids while I went for a walk. Like it was like, we were living life together and it was circumstantial for the most part because she had to be over, but there was something that felt, um, great about that just to be living life together. And one of the things I've thought about is, um, in the realistic expectations is just that, you know, relationships do change. And as you were talking about a little bit um, back, you were saying, okay, we're busy, so we need to invest. I think one of the challenges is actually even knowing which relationships to invest in. So do you have any thoughts on how we look at our lives? Tell me. Yes. (laughs) Well, okay. So this is where I'm going to get super practical and we're going to move past uh, theory because, um, women are busy and they need they need to get onto with their life today. So I really believe that you shouldn't have more than five to seven close friends that you're investing in. Now there there is some research that backs that up. I know people they cringe when I say that, like only five to seven. But when you think about your life and your your commitments and responsibility, how can you hold 20 close people and support them on a regular basis. So you have to think about friendship like circles and inside there's like a ring around each circle. So who is in your, you know, for lack of a better phrase, inner circle. I do not think women can do five more than five to seven at a time. Those people may change. Certainly they will. Very few friendships are for life. I would say if you have one or two of them, you're very blessed. But most people will find that they're close to people in specific seasons, probably due to proximity or you know similar seasonal life stuff. So if you have five to seven, these are the people that know you and they know your 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 stuff. You know. Now, if you have less than that, that's okay. I'm saying five to seven is like the higher number. Remember Jesus, he had 12 disciples, but he had three that he was really close to. And so for me, it's like, if Jesus is doing three, you know, why do I think I can do more? But I do think that you need to decide who are these people for right now. Be careful to not think of friendship as these are my close friends forever. I think that's where we hurt people and we even can get disappointed ourselves, but who right now has God brought into our life that we can invest in and pour into? Some of those people may be long distance. Some of them might be your next door neighbor. You know, I don't know, but God definitely gets creative and creating a supporting community around us if we're open to it. So there's that. Then I think there's three types of women that we need as friends. I'm just going to quickly go through that. The first thing I think we need is women who I like to call are the light at the end of the tunnel. So these are women who tend to be maybe older than us. Maybe they've gone ahead of us. They're kind of like, they're not quite mentors, but, or, you know, some people call them friend tours. I don't really like that word, but it sounds 
weird, but I think that these women are women who can say, I've been there. I've been where you are, and I'm going to cheer you on from this side. There are women that you can go and say, oh my gosh, I'm raising a preteen. I'm losing my mind. Like, what did you do when you were raising little Sammy? Those are the women. We need friends like that. We need people who are not in the exact same season of life that we're in now, but maybe have been there. And again, we see this in scripture. Scriptures talk about, you know, older women, you know, teaching and leading the younger women. We need older women in our life or women who have lived a little bit more to be our friends so that we can share with them, but also learn from them. So those are the light at the end of the tunnel friends. The AKA second- the friend door. I've never, I've never heard that I know. Term. I don't like it. I think because it like makes you think of centaurs for some totally. reason, those like half horse people. So I don't like that word. But right. um, the second friend is, I call them the fire under my booty friends. Hmm. These are the friends that are going to hold you accountable to what you're called to do. They're going to hold you accountable to what your responsibilities are and becoming the person that God has created you to be. These friends, I love them. And sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, they're just, they're not going to let me let this go. You know, they're not going to let me give up on what God has asked me to do. They're the ones who are going to say, hey, you know that dream you have about writing a book? Are you writing? You know, they're they're those friends or they're the friends who know that maybe you want to go on a journey of health and they're like, all right, like let's sign up for a 5K and you're kind of rolling your eyes because they're going to hold you accountable. They're the fire under your butt. We need friends to challenge us. We, we don't need everybody to always agree with what we think and always, you know, talk to us in nice words and, and, and basically, you know, kiss up to us all the time. That's not what we need. If we want to grow as human beings, we need that iron sharpens iron. So I have friends who are definitely the fire under my butt. My one friend, Kimberly, she is always lighting my butt up with things that I, I've said, hey, I want to do this. I feel like God's calling me to do this. And she'll be like, are you doing it? You know, are you, are you actually taking the steps to obey God? And that has been invaluable in my life. It's really important that we have friends who will speak the truth to us. So important. So important. So we have the light in the tunnel, which is our, which are the friends that have gone before us. Then we have the fire under the butt, the people who are going to push us forward in what God is calling us to do. And the last type of friend I believe we need is someone I call the candle in the dark. This is the person who when you're going through a hard time, they will stand next to you and hold up a light of hope for you. They may not have all the words and all the advice, but they bring their presence and they're not going to let you stand alone in that. And one of my dear friends, I've, I've spoken about her before. Her name is Heather. And shes I'm convinced she's like the most amazing human being on earth. But she definitely is a candle in the dark friend. And there was a time where I was going to get a biopsy done on a lump that I had in my breast. And if anyone's ever had this done before, they know it's like the worst. It's like just the anxiety, all the thoughts in your head and being worried about the unknown. And my dear friend, Heather, 
came to my house after I texted her to let her know this is what's going on and I have to go to the doctors and this is happening. And I was living in a different country. So my family wasn't with me. I didn't even really understand the healthcare system. My friend Heather showed up at my house with, I believe, some chocolate and like a book, like a, like a gift. And she's just like, I'm here for you. And it, wa- it turned out that she actually came with me to get the biopsy done and to receive the results. And the way it worked is I got the, bi- the, the biopsy done. Then I had to wait in this room, just, just the way it worked in Northern Ireland. And we, had a, we were facing this room and women would go into one room and they would come out and you would know what kind of result they got by whether or not they were smiling or crying. And we waited, I don't know how many hours, but she just sat next to me the whole time and just was a presence, just was that candle of hope, just was, you know, she didn't have a lot to say, but she was there. And I just remember that moment of how I needed somebody to stand with me in the unknown. It was so important. And like to this day, I am so grateful for what Heather did. And it it turned out that I was fine. But in leading up to those moments, I just, I wasn't left alone in it. And I think it's really important that we have friends who are not just going to try to advise us all the time or, or friends that kind of leave when things get a little bit messy. We need those people who will quietly stand by us. And you really will not discover who they are until you go through your dark times. So I encourage any listeners to think back of a time that they've gone through something that was dark and unknown and difficult. Who are the people that stood by you? Who are the women that cried with you or prayed with you or just showed up at your your door with lasagna? Who are those people that kind of held a candle of hope? Pay attention to that. these might be the most beautiful friends that you will ever come across that you will always be grateful for. And I, I really believe that if we have those three types of friends in our life, we, we will not only walk out our God-given calling, but we will be empowered to become the woman that we're called to be because we have people who are going to lead us, people who are going to push us on, and people who are going to stand by us through the difficult times. Wow, that's so good. I know um, probably listening there either were names that came to mind for people, like people where they thought, okay, yes, I have this. Or um, people may have experienced um, a sense of, okay, I don't, I don't know if I have that. And so for those people that are feeling like, I don't know if I have that friend, how do we begin to find friends? How do we begin to seek out those friendships? The way you begin is there's a few a few practical ways. One is you go to where people are. You go to where there are other women, whether that's at your church, signing up at a small group or, or Bible study, whether that's volunteering at your kid's school, whether it's the women that hang out in the break room at your job, show up and start talking to people and initiate conversation. I think we have to kind of check our insecurity at the door and I don't know how else to do that except asking Jesus to help us to do that. I have read lots of self-help books and nothing gives me confidence like the Lord. So I will just say like, if you're someone who's insecure or feeling, you know, 
how good you put yourself out there. I get it. I totally get it. So for me, it really comes down to my relationship with him. But I think we do have to kind of put some of those feelings aside and show up and start talking and asking people questions about their lives and then invite them in to our life. I mean, you look at Jesus in the Gospels when he began to kind of, you know, recruit his disciples, so to speak, he invited them. He said, come and follow me. He didn't wait to see who was interested. You know, he didn't wait to see who was lingering about. He literally, I mean, with uh, James and John and Peter, he like showed up to their job and was like, come and follow me. So where are you showing up and who can you invite? And again, it it requires that bit of risk. But I, I, I think that the you know, we live in a time where you can connect with people online. I mean, we've connected through a, a community online. There is really no excuse or shortage of where people are gathering. It's just you need to kind of to, you know, find the courage to go there and not just stand there silent, but realize that you have great value. God has put in, put great value and purpose. So when you speak, there's good for people to enjoy, you know? So, you know, believe that. Go and, and share. And, and I always said, like, bringing food helps, you know? If you work at a job and you want to become best friends or friends with people that you work with, bring cupcakes, you know, whatever, donuts, that stuff. People, people really do bond over food. Also, volunteering helps, you know, go to school. And, and serve alongside of people. There's lots of ways, but you have to go where the people are. You can't let loneliness lie to you and tell you that there's nobody around because there are people, but well, you have to yeah. get that. And I think sometimes we are waiting for that perfect friend that checks all these boxes. Like they live near me and their husband will get along with my husband, their kids are the same age, yeah. like all these different things. And surprisingly, as I've, you know, evaluated friendship over this past year, um, some of my closest friends are either women who live far away from me that mm -hmm. we have cultivated a friendship yeah. using various, like the Marco Polo app where you can send video yeah. messages. Um, or another friend I've gotten to know over this past year online, we've never met, um, but we've had lots of great deep conversations over the phone. And, um, I just so appreciate that, that right now, you know, especially as we're still in, um, the unknowns of this COVID season that yeah. even if we can't physically be with people, it doesn't mean we can't actually cultivate friendships. And, um, a few months ago I ran this online group, um, for my Tangled book and, the eight women that gathered, I was like, oh, we're, we're actually building friendships. We're building, um, through our shared like vulnerability and processing. Yeah. And we had not, for a lot of us had not met before online, but we're actually able to build something. So I think there's definitely, there's opportunities. And like you said, um, don't kind of just stand there. Like I think about social media as this party, it would be very weird if I went to a party and I just stood you know, at yeah. the edge of the room and just kind of stared at people having conversations and never engaged. And so part of mm -hmm. it is that like, what does it look like to actually engage with people um, in online communities? Um, or even, you know, if your church has some online Facebook groups or things like that, just to kind of begin 
risking. Um, I know in my deep season of loneliness, when I'd first gotten married, um, there was a woman from my church who invited me to a book club and I didn't know her very well. I didn't know anyone in the book club. Um, I was like, I don't even read at that point in my life. But, um, (laughs) but I was like, yes, like right away. My answer is yes. Pick me up. I'm coming. And there were no magical friendships that came from that season. I mean, I got to know this woman quite well and and she was a great um, friend for me, but I, I just thought I need to begin to say yes to things. I need to begin to risk. And from that other, I think in some ways I grew that confidence, right? That you were talking about, um, because in my season of loneliness, loneliness, I'd begun to believe that, um, I wasn't worthy of anyone hanging out with me. I wasn't worthy of friendship. And, and I was believing that lie really based on this loneliness I felt. And so, um, I love what you shared there just about that idea of like, you know, our, our confidence, it comes through him and knowing like we're worthy because we are his and we have something of value, um, to offer people in friendships. Uh, I have one last question. I want to ask you, how can we be good friends? Like how can we, um, work on kind of our, um, our skills at friendship? What can yeah. we do? I love the, I love the bring food. What yeah. else could we, what else can we do just to be good friends? Oh, I think the big, the one thing to start with is dealing with your stuff, your whatever, your insecurities, the lies, all that stuff. As you allow God to heal you and grow you through that, you will naturally become a better friend. So I I mean, I know that sounds, I, I don't like giving Sunday school answers, but I think if you struggle with jealousy or struggle with insecurity or, you know, always feel like you're not worthy, start there. Why? Untangle some of that stuff, you know? get your book and, and, you know, join the Bible study because I think the more we're free, the more we're able to love and connect, the more we're like secure in who he is and, and what he's created us to do. And then like practically, I think we got to maybe look at our calendars a bit and do a little bit of editing of what we're prioritizing and saying no to some stuff so we can say yes to investing in friends. Some of us may have friends. We don't feel deeply connected to them because we don't spend time with them one-on-one, whether it's online or, or in person. So obviously work on your stuff, look at your calendar, prioritize. And then if there are things that God reveals to you that you can work on as far as friendship skills, work on them, such as listening skills. I mean, that's something I do struggle with. Because I'm a storyteller, I tend to hear someone talk and then I'm like, oh, I know a story or, oh, this reminds me of somebody else. And I'll I'll totally interrupt the person and start talking. And I'm not really listening. And that's something that in the last few years, God has been challenging me to deal with and work on because it's not being a good friend. You know, we're supposed to be um, quick to listen and slow to speak. So I think, you know, maybe it's gossip. Maybe it's, it's, you know, jealousy or comparison or, you know, there's all different things, but I feel like you start with your heart and whatever that lie is that you're struggling with. And then you look at how can you invest in a practical way. And then as you develop those friendships, just ask the Lord to say, okay, how can I be a better friend? Or, if you if if that's not where you know 
if that's not coming to you, you can always ask, what kind of friend would I want? And then model that. So it really is practical and practicing. Friendship is something that we're continually growing and becoming better at. I don't think any of us are born an amazing friend. I think that the more we grow and mature and become free, the more we become better friends to for people. Well, I think that's so good. We're going to end there because I think that those are words of wisdom. Um, when we begin to deal with some of our own things, we're actually able to be more free um, to love other people. And um, I talk a lot about um, my own struggles with friendship and sabotaging friendship um, on your podcast. And so yes. I will link that below as well as just a, a link to your podcast. And I hope that as people wrap this episode up, that they do check out the Friending podcast. Um, I'll have all of your links in the show notes. Um, and then I also hope people text a friend. If someone has come to mind that you've thought, as we've been talking, you've been like, oh, I really, you know, and for me, what often happens is I'll think of a friend, I should text them, and then my brain gets so yeah. distracted on the way. And it's like three days later, I'm like, I've been thinking of you. Um, yeah. You know, and we can often let silly things like the guilt of not having reached out mm. to somebody keep us mm. from not reaching out to somebody. And so I would just say, just reach out to somebody and say, hey, I've been thinking about you. Like some of those little tech, it doesn't even have to be huge. Those little moments say, mm. I see you, you know, mm -hmm. and, and one thing, especially we didn't, we didn't touch on it a ton. Um, but in this season, as people are um, going through just a tough time in different ways, um, people aren't necessarily as able always to respond in a way that they would. So I would definitely say offering people just a ton of grace, offering ourselves grace, but just grace in friendships is going to be huge as we continue to walk out what the uncertainty of this season looks like. Yeah, that's so true. You can't, don't take it personally if someone doesn't respond back right now. It's a very unknown time and everyone's processing it differently. But most people, if not 99% of the women of the world would say they don't mind a text from somebody saying, I've been thinking about you. Absolutely. Well, Noelle, where else can people find you? Well, I like to hang out on Instagram. That's where I like to party. You can find me. My personal handle is your friend Noelle. And then the friending podcast handle is friending show. So there's two places you can see me and I, you know, do silly stuff there. And um, we also have a, a community group, a Facebook community group called the friending squad. So if there's any, if anybody else wants to continue this conversation about female friendship, you can find us there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. It's so great to be your friend. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening today. I really am so encouraged knowing how many of you are being encouraged by this message. And if you have found it helpful, would you mind just sharing it with a friend, leaving five stars or even a review wherever you listen to po podcasts, podcasts, keeping it super professional. Um, if you want to connect more with me, head over to Instagram where I'm at Jacqueline.Widener. Or if you want some free resources, head over to my website at JacquelineWidener.com. This has been an Extend Network production.